This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda, our podcast, Spirit Matters, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our focus, contemporary spirituality, and our guest today, Mr. Govinder uh, Singh. He is the finance director and international director of United Sikhs Aid, the humanitarian aid wing of United Sikhs. Uh, and he has uh, long been involved with this organization and has been involved in dealing with disasters worldwide. Uh, Mr. Singh, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on our show today. So, Dennis, uh, I'm indebted um, to you guys and uh, really thank you for the opportunity uh, to uh, let uh, your listeners uh, and the audience uh, know what we do and what we're about. So uh, uh, we are deeply indebted and we are uh, very appreciative uh, for the opportunity. Thank you. Uh, Gravinda, we've been wanting to have uh, a, a spokesperson for uh, the Sikh faith for a, a while on the show, and we're delighted that you could um, come on and uh, enlighten our listeners about Sikhism and uh, some of what's going on, uh, particularly in the U.S. Um, so let us begin um, by, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your own background. Uh, you are living in Dallas, Texas. What brought you there, or were you always there, and uh, were you born Sikh? Uh, yes, um, I was born in, in Punjab, which is the, uh, I guess, the uh, origin of the Sikh faith. It's in the border of, uh, it's in north, uh, West. northwest India, mm-hmm. northwest India, and the border is Pakistan, if you will, and there's also, you know, portion of Punjab and Pakistan as well. Uh, in fact, a larger portion, mm-hmm. and we migrated uh, to the states directly to Dallas, Texas, uh, which is pretty um, uh, odd, in considering that the majority of immigrants arrive in New York or on the other coast in California. But we actually came to Texas uh, because of uh, family um, mm-hmm. settled here. Uh, my aunt uh, is a nurse with the Veterans uh, VA Hospital, and. Uh, we settled here and have settled and have been in Dallas, Texas since '85. Uh-huh. And uh, my father um, actually was a semi-pro uh, field hockey player, and he had a really good job. But in terms of career and so forth, there was always a ceiling in terms of education as well. So he saw a better future for the family um, was to obviously migrate and leave everything behind, literally family, everything he's ever known. Uh, language, culture, identity, and so forth, uh, and embark on something completely bre- uh, completely new. So uh, really thank him for having the vision and uh, for all the sacrifice uh, to know that, uh, you know, what could be accomplished in India and obviously the, uh, the, the immense opportunities uh, in America uh, that awaited us, and, mm-hmm. and here we are. Uh, Gravinder, um uh, when in India, uh, do the Sikh, have the Sikh people uh, experienced a lot of prejudice? Did it exist historically? Does it exist today? And um, uh, how uh, have how has that issue been dealt with in the states? Do you also find there's a lot of ignorance about who you are, what you believe in, and uh, it's created limitations for the Sikh people? I uh, sincerely appreciate you asking the question. Uh, we actually migrated in 85. Mm-hmm. In 84, um, 
as I don't know if uh, many of uh, your listeners are aware, but India enacted a genocidal campaign actually against the Sikh community, uh, which um, the uh, the Mecca, if you will, or the Vatican, if you will, of the Sikh religion, um, the central uh, or the most popular place of worship, which is known throughout the world as the Golden Temple. Ahmed Saab was actually attacked along with 37 other historical shrines, and then in November, uh, pogroms were um, set in Delhi, Kanpur, uh, uh, in various cities throughout uh, India. So it there's not just discrimination, there's also, uh, if you would, a portion of ethnic cleansing um, mm-hmm. that has occurred. And unfortunately, it's occurred against each minority community. Um, it's like a progression. Um, uh, Muslims will be targeted, Sikhs will be targeted, Christians will be targeted, Dalits will be targeted, the untouchables. And it's continuously ongoing right now. Um, even um, last year, uh, over 50 churches were burned in Delhi alone. You know, and there was a um, there, there was just a vociferous outcry as to uh, why that is occurring. And it you know, and, and reasons are always cloaked. And um, but we know from experience that it's just it's just going to be a cycle uh, where minorities will be targeted, and um, it's just, there, there's political games that um, uh, and, and then obviously the vote bank is there as well, and just to rile up and just to galvanize nationalist support um, or always blame the other, uh, similar and akin to what uh, occurred mm-hmm. in Nazi Germany, and. Um, Absolutely, and it's still occurring to this day. Uh, Let's, um, Govinda, can we um, bring it to the U.S.? You are, uh, the Sikhs have been in the U.S. since at least the 19th century, maybe even longer. Yes, sir. And um, and, uh, yet are widely misunderstood, and you've had a great deal of uh, difficulty, especially post-9-11. Tell us about uh, what Sikhs in the U.S. have uh, had to deal with and what you're uh, about to uh, embark on in July. We're recording this at the end of June 2017. You have a big event coming up in July uh, having to do with the uh, 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 Sikhs as a minority group in the U.S. Yes, sir. So, so uh, given the historical background of what's occurring in India and what has occurred, so when Sikhs migrated to the states, it was obviously um, for freedom of religion, freedom of faith and expression, assembly, and for uh, the most part, uh, I, I can uh, resoundingly say that that is what we have experienced. Uh, unfortunately, um, I, I was in elementary school and middle school, uh, elementary school especially during the during during um, the, the crisis with Iran and the Ayatollah. So I remember being younger and uh, being likened to a follower of the Ayatollah, hmm. you know, because that's what individuals would see on TV or that's what they would hear about. Anybody wearing a turban or a headdress would be just, um, you know, mimicked or uh, would be um, uh, just, just put into that corner, if you will. Now, unfortunately, um, what we have seen for the vast majority of time on TV is going to be the Taliban or it's going to be Osama bin Laden. So unfortunately, again, um, you know, you, um, you group accordingly to what you know. So now 
um, we've been put into that um, barrel, if you will, of you know extremists, of terrorists, because that's what you see on TV. And so if you see me with a turban, then you're going to liken me to, hey, he may be a follower of the Taliban or he may be a well-wisher of bin Laden. So taking that into account, that is what has uh, driven up the spike in hate crimes, in bullying, in discrimination, either at the workplace um, or, even in the edu- or even in the educational arena. And this is what we've encountered firsthand. There have been some horrendous uh, ish- uh, instances, such as a young man who's, uh, who was savagely beaten and, um, you know, his, his eye, his, his, he basically lost his left eye. Um, there was an individual who was in his uh, 50s, and he was, uh, and this is in New York, in Queens, New York, and there was a family that had just celebrated, ironically, the christening of their child, and yet the, uh, the, male, the males were outside the restaurant, they were drunk, and they encountered him, and they decided uh, what better way to celebrate the christening of a child than to savagely beat an elderly man. So, you know, these are, uh, and there's, there have been shootings in Fresno, um, where an elderly gentlemen were going out for a walk and, and they were gunned down. So we've encountered these, but what we're really appreciative of is the response uh, of, um, you know, um, the media and such as yourself. You've given us the opportunity, the local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies really working hand-in-hand to mitigate these um, occurrences and to work uh, to ensure that they don't occur again or to educate Right. Uh, we work with the Department of Justice as well, mm-hmm. so it, it's an ongoing process. Right. But I, I can assuredly see that we see the different state mechanisms in play. That you know, in India, where you have a state mechanism which is um, trying to uh, um, uh, in, engage in discrimination itself, and over here, it's more or less individuals who are either just full of hate or individuals who are ignorant. But yet, you have the state which is mitigating that <clears throat> by. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, by obviously curtailing any instances which happen or trying to prevent them from right. occurring. Gurvinda, one thing uh, I think uh, our listeners should know is that uh, Sikhs uh, traditionally have served in the United States military in significant numbers, and I believe the United States military uh, has been very impressed with the Sikh performance in the Army uh, and the other branches of, of military service and actually have made accommodations in terms of uh, being able to wear the turban uh, uh, have the longer hair, whatever. But uh, tell us about uh, that, because I think people really, there's great ignorance in this country, and they don't realize that uh, in every, going back to World War I, Sikhs have served in the United States Army, and uh, many have been very highly decorated on the battlefield. That's, a, that's an excellent question, and that's an excellent point. In fact, over uh, roughly about 100,000 uh, Sikh soldiers uh, lost their lives uh, during the World Wars. Uh, which is a number that uh, many many don't know, and many more were injured uh, and wounded, uh, some critically. And we have a historically uh, uh, the Sikh nation or the Sikh people uh, have um, been uh, staunch soldiers and uh, to defend and to uh, and to assist the downtrodden. So we carry that over, and uh, obviously the United States is our country, and we're gonna and we're gonna fight. And we're going to defend it. And uh, the Sikhs have been in the states uh, since the late uh, since the late 1890s and the early in ni- the early 1900s, especially in California, uh, laying the railroad lines 
and um, the first Gurdwara was founded in California, in Stockton. And from there, you actually had Dalip Singh Tind, um, uh, who actually was the first soldier who was in the United States Army, and he fought to uh, to attain citizenship, uh, citizenship status. Mm. And it's unfortunate that he was granted citizenship not because of the merits of his case, but simply because he fought for the nation. Mm. Uh, but, you know, then obviously you progress, and you have Lieutenant Colonel Sekon, who actually um, is, is a decorated soldier based in California as well. And we have, uh, and, and we're proud to announce that United Seeks uh, successfully fought a case with against the Army, unfortunately, because we want to serve the Army also was, while professing our faith, and ignore Singh just won the case. Uh, this was two years ago. Right. Um, so, so we are we are fighting to serve in the army. Like, please let us serve because this is what we want to do. This is our nation. We want to defend uh, our country against any um, any enemies abroad or you know uh, within the borders themselves. And mm-hmm. um, and we're going to continue to do so. And we would. And uh, in fact, we have a lot of outpouring of um, uh, questions and. Um, and, and, and willingness to serve in the Army, and we are working on uh, honing some more applications um, and working with the Army in that regard as well. Uh, Gravinda, let's back up a little bit uh, and talk about the spiritual mm-hmm. and uh, historical dimensions of, of Sikhism. Um, many people uh, have seen Sikhs in, you know, around because you're very visible, with the men anyway, with with turbans and so forth, but uh, don't know much about it, have never been to a gurdwara, um, and uh, maybe you could fill us in a little bit about the background and origin of the, of the faith. That was a very uh, very well done with the pronunciation of gurdwara, so <laughs> I commend you on that, actually. Good job. Um, yes, sir, absolutely. Uh, the Sikh faith uh, is, is, is a very uh, modern faith in the terms of uh, just its founding, in uh, and how long it's been around. It's been around uh, for uh, for more than 500 years. Uh, 1469 is the founding. Uh, is the, and the, in terms of the Sikh faith, we had 10 gurus which were in living forms. Uh, and then uh, after the 10th guru, the teachings and um, the principles are ordained in our holy scriptures, the Guru Granth Sahib, uh, which is somewhat similar, if you will, to what a Bible is to a Christian or what a Quran is to a Muslim but also different in the sense that it is our guru in the, the Holy Scriptures, the Guru Granth Sahib, is our eternal guru, uh, because we bow down to the teachings of the Guru Granth Sahib. So if anyone goes to a Gurdwara, which is a sick place of worship and learning, then you will see that you have the Guru Granth Sahib. It's on a uh, pedestal, which is a palki, and you have someone always behind the Guru Granth Sahib who's with a whisk, and who's waving behind it to signify the importance, because we treat the Guru Granth Sahib as a king. So in the East, if you will, if anybody has seen, when a king moves, you know they have yeah, they have the king sitting on a pedestal, uh, you know they're, they're picking him up, and you have him covered by a canopy, and you have individuals behind him waving, uh, waving a whisk or what have you to signify the importance. And we do that similarly to the Guru Granth Sahib. Mm. So we bow down to the Guru Granth Sahib because of the teachings. The Guru Granth Sahib has uh, the scriptures are written by the gurus themselves and also by saints of other faiths whose line of thought 
or principles fall in line with the ideology of Sikhism. Mm -hmm. um, the major traits of the Sikh faith, because obviously when we're, founding, uh, when we're founded in the Indus Valley around the area, you have the Hindu faith, you have the Islamic faith. It was also prevalent at that time. So what was the need of the Sikh faith to come into existence? It's a very revolutionary philosophy in the terms of men and women are treated equal. Um, and in fact, our first guru said, which means, how can you denounce those who give birth to kings? Mm. So if you were to treat a king so, so royally and regally, the one who gave birth to him, how can you, you know, sideline her? So, um, so women and men are treated equally. Um, you, have, you have egalitarianism, in which you don't have a caste system, because, again, uh, where, where, the, where the faith originated, it was entrenched in the caste system. So you were already um, shifted at birth just because where you were born or who you were born to. So it didn't matter how intelligent you were, how uh, capable you were, what kind of abilities you had, but simply because you were born into a family, you were either going to be a soldier, you were either going to be a priest, you are either going to be a layman, or you are going to be basically someone who is a servant. And that would stick with, and that would stick with uh, generations and generations. It could never change. So the Sikh faith, uh, so the Sikh faith has no no caste, and every Sikh male has a last name of Singh, which means lion, to eradicate any any thinking that I'm higher or lower than you. Every Sikh uh, female has a last name or middle name of Kaur, which means lioness or princess. So that builds the sense of equality. Uh, the egalitarianism is there. And also the fundamental thought of giving back to your community. We believe if you want to serve the Creator, you have to serve His creation. So I cannot treat um, the creation with malice or um, uh, with, with hate or trying to lo uh, loot and rob the creation and yet say, I'm still a man or woman of God. And yet say, I'm still pious, I'm still righteous because I'm not treating his creation. If you, are to treat, if you are to honestly worship the Creator, then you are to treat his creation with respect. So giving back, um, we believe in Daswant, which means to give back at least 10% of your time, your, uh, your, your, your earnings, your intellect, to the community. <clears throat> and, um, and we have a very uh, fundamental set of principles in the sense that Nam Japana, which is to meditate upon the Almighty, Vandishakana, which is to share with those less fortunate. And when I say that, I don't mean that, you know, Gravinder gets, let's say, you know, he, he gets a burger to eat. He eats his entire burger and he has a few fries left over, so then he goes and shares with his neighbor. No, it actually, to us, what that means is I give my food to my neighbor who's in need. If there's anything left over, I can take that. Mm -hmm. So, so, so it would mean sharing with the neighbor prior to partaking with your, yourself because you already have the, the means and the capability. Your neighbor may not. So not to give him this, you know, the crumbs of what you have left, but rather to give him the sustenance itself. And then we have kirtkarni, which means to earn your living honestly. So, you know, I can't earn my living by dealing drugs. I can't earn my living by engaging in um, nefarious um, occupations but to earn it honestly. So, um, you know, and, and, then, and then obviously you have the traits which we have physically in terms of our turbans, our beards. Uh, women uh, are actually requested to wear turbans, and some many do, uh, but you will also see some wearing scarves. 
you know, that would just cover their head. We're not required to cover our face or entire bodies um, or anything of that sort. But it, so that's our identity is the um, is the religious garb that just you had just like you had stated. You will see men with the colorful turbans a lot of times, and and women with the colorful scarves. And that's how you can engage with a Sikh. And I would like to tell your listeners a very um, a, a very cool uh, a tidbit of information. If you ever encounter a man with a turban, 99% of the time they will be a Sikh, uh, or a woman with a turban, they will be a Sikh. But to a man, you can always say, how are you, Mr. Singh? And you will be uh-huh. right 100% of the time. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder and how then they works. may say, hey, how did you know my name? And you just don't want to share the secret. I have to tell you, it is a little confusing. When, how does it work in when the everybody's book, name is Singh? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we would have, and, and then we would obviously, like, Ravinder and then Singh, um, many uh, use last names, as, uh, but because they're cast names, uh, some don't. Mm. And obviously mm. some, some will put the, the village they're from or what have you. Right. Mm. Or some will put Khalsa, which is the yeah. initiated uh, class of, of, of yeah. Sikhs in which we uh, you know, partake in uh, Amrit, which is akin to baptism. Uh, would be uh, for a Christian. Let me. Can I ask you a follow-up, Dennis? You go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, my doctor is a Sikh, a Sikh woman. Okay. And she does not. Her last name is not Carr, and okay. um, she does not cover her head, at least in the office okay. when I see her. Okay. So there are obviously exceptions to some of these um, guidelines. And and people have their variation. And I want to be. And in addition to asking about that, I wanted to mention because you brought up, uh, you used the example of feeding people. Um, I've been to uh, two Parliament of World Religions, and every on every one of those occasions, um, the Sikhs are. Uh, they occupy a huge area and somehow put together a kitchen and somehow yeah. feed thousand people at every meal. Hmm. There's long lines and it's incredibly efficient. And it, there's this mobilization of volunteers going around and feeding everybody. And it's, it's delicious food. And uh, it, it, it's a highlight of some of these gatherings for many people to experience that kind of um, a service. That, um, and, and so I gather, you know, from my, my own inquiry, that um, a lot of the service work and humanitarian work that Sikhs do is centered around feeding people. Mm-hmm. Is yes, that absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and going back to your doctor, uh, yes, many uh, just like many Sikh males do not co- do not wear turbans. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you know, uh, many women do not as well. But in terms of the name, a lot of times what they will use is like their first name and their last name. So Kaur will be the middle name. So if mm-hmm. you to go back to your doctor, mm-hmm. yeah, it probably you, is. Uh, yeah, right, right, I can right, assure you, right. your middle name will be Kaur. Yeah. And in terms of the feeding. Uh, you are absolutely right, in tr- because we believe in a, in a it's called pangat sangat, which means you sit down um, with your peers, and everyone sits on the floor. So yeah. regardless, and, and there's uh, even, even historically, when the Mughal emperor, Akbar, came to meet the third guru, Guru Amar Das Ji, he said, I want to engage in dialogue with you. Guru Amar Das Ji actually said, prior to you meeting me, you know, partake a meal with 
the community. Especially mm-hmm. even Akbar, the ruler of the Mughal Empire, sat on the floor with everyone else and part- partook in the meal. Right. And afterwards, Guru Amar met him. So um, it's, th- th- that's the that's integral part of our faith. If mm-hmm. you were to go to any Gurdwara, <clears throat> you would be given longer at all times, at any time. Um, that you that you would have uh, ava- that you would even have any time available to you, and everyone's welcome at a gurdwara, regardless of caste, creed, religion, regardless of you like the Sikh people or not, um, and you will be treated exactly like um, you know one of us. Right, so, you been there? I and, wanted, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you uh, along the lines. Uh, sure. You tell us a bit about your uh, uh, your rituals, your prayers, your uh, meditations, sure. spiritual practices sure. that you're engaged in. And and is it like uh, certain uh, belief systems, certain religions, where there's a, an illumination, an enlightenment that can come in this life, or is the goal to be good in this life so you can enjoy a uh, a, a wonderful afterlife? So so no, absolutely. So so in the Sikh faith, um, in in our religious, um, in again our scriptures, it says prapad uh, that you have been given this life and you have been blessed this life by the Almighty so that you can in turn merge with the divine light or merge with the Almighty after your life. Mm-hmm. So meaning that you engage in a life of, um, uh, of, of such principles and adhere to righteousness and also the code of ethics and conduct. And you meditate upon the Almighty and you live accordingly that, you know, God willing, once you pass, you merge with the divine light. So, so the goal is, so we don't believe in an afterlife, if you will, or uh, you do something now and you'll be given, you know, uh, you know, paradise or what have you. But uh, it's you engage in this life, so uh, you can merge with the Almighty, if you will. So, if, if, if that makes sense. Right. So, so because our soul is inherently, you know, uh, to people of faith, you're. The the, it, the most important is the soul. That's what makes you move. That's what drives you. That's what you're. That's what you're comp- uh, composed of, and your soul acts in such a way that it, in essence, goes back home, if you will. Right, and and your spiritual the spiritual practices that are taught by your faith. Yes. So the spiritual practices. Uh, when we wake up, we meditate upon the Almighty. We have uh, prayers that we pray. Um, and um, scriptures that we read in the morning uh, when you wake up to thank God for the night that had just passed. Then in the evening, we have prayers as well, and you thank God for the day that had just passed. And at night, prior to going to sleep, you uh, thank God for the day that had just passed and for the night that is coming up to pass, mm-hmm. plus, uh, you know, pass peacefully as well. Uh, and, of course, from our scriptures, many people will read at all times of the day whenever they have any uh, moment to them. Uh, so there's not like a guideline or a set set um, standard or practice, if you will, but scriptures are to be, there is uh, something called Amrata Vela, which means early in the morning, during the ambrosial hours, if you will, uh, to meditate upon the Almighty. And in the evening and at night is certainly when you would read um, read, read your prayers. And But you're welcome to do them any time of the day at, at your leisure, at... Um, at, at break time at work, lunch time at work, you know, and whenever you would have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And tell, tell us what the uh, communal aspect of a gurdwara is, uh, what we think of as services. And I know that, because um, I've experienced it, um, 
there's a musical um, uh, element to to Sikh uh, practice that's very similar to uh, what uh, Hindu uh, kirtan. Can can you describe what goes on when people come together at the gurdwara? Yes. So actually, um, uh, kirtan is uh, is, is an origin is of Sikh origin actually, and Hindus have actually borrowed the term <laughs> and also the practice. But um, in you're absolutely right. We have a harmonium which is somewhat akin to an accordion, and we have tablas uh, which are somewhat akin to bongo drums. Mm-hmm. So. Our scriptures, the Guru Granth Sahib, all 1,430 pages, is in prose, so it all rhymes. And each stanza is actually set in accordance to music, and set in different rags, in different tunes, and in different um, musical connotations. So, uh, so, so while our prayers are read, it's just uh, it's human nature, if I was to speak to you, but if I was to set that to music, it would captivate you even further. Mm-hmm. So our prayers, um, so, so it is Kirtan, which takes place. But what the you know, priest, if you will, we don't have a priestly class. Anybody can do Kirtan. But typically it will be the caretaker of Gurdwaras. What they're mm-hmm. reciting during Kirtan, during music, is going to be from the scriptures, the Guru Granth Sahib. Mm-hmm. And then they will be singing that. And once you enter the Gurdwara, you bow down to the Guru Granth Sahib, meaning that we um, succumb to your teachings and we will abide by, and we will implement these teachings in our lives. And then you sit down, everyone sits down together, women are not sat in a different room, or children are not taken in a different room, or men are not you know, elevated anywhere else, but everyone sits on the floor, and everyone sits in the same room. You have the Guru Granth Sahib, you have the caretakers reciting um, the verses from the Guru Granth Sahib in, in, to music, and you will typically sometimes have then you have speeches or announcements as to what's going on with the community or updates uh, regarding uh, local uh, events or international events. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, at all while this is ongoing, you have Lunger, which is a community kitchen. Mm. Um, so you're, you're free to go there, partake in the community meal, come back, and, and, and it's just a continuous cycle right. uh, throughout the visitation to a Gurdwara. And a Gurdwara is also a place of learn, not just a place of religious learning, mm-hmm. but a place of community activism, a place of uh, community empowerment, where if you were to have someone who's homeless, they would be given shelter. If you were to have someone who's hungry, they would be given nourishment. Mm-hmm. If you would have someone who's seeking education, you would have classes, and so for computer literacy classes take place at Gurdwaras. You have, uh, you just, you know, to acclimate uh, yourselves with English, you have English and secondary language classes taking place at Gurdwaras and so forth. So it's really it's really a meeting place mm-hmm. for the community. Yeah, Gurvinda, uh, one final question from me, and 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 Phil can follow up. Uh, is uh, where can somebody find out more about the Sikh faith? And if uh, people are listening before, I think it's July tenth, two thousand and seventeen. Uh, there will be a big conference uh, in the states uh, that you'll be holding. So uh, if you could tell us where yes, people sir. can find out more about Sikh. The Sikh faith and also about the conference. So Sikhs, um, so you can find out about the Sikh faith uh, very easy. You know, now I, I think uh, somebody t- somebody told me that the uh, one of my friends said, you know, I don't believe in God, I believe in Google. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I get everything from there. Uh, you can obviously Google, but 
there's an, uh, there's a website weareseeks.org. Uh, you know, seeks.org. Um, organization is unitedseeks.org. U N I T E D S I K H S dot org. Uh, we are having a Seek Summit in uh, the week of July, July 10th to the 14th. We're also going to have our Advocacy and Humanitarian Aid Academy uh, for youth all over the United States and all over the world to come and take part in uh, community activism. Um, and also this will be held in Washington, D.C., because we're, we're, where we will be engaging with our lawmakers, uh, various congressmen and congresswomen and senators uh, regarding the issues um, that we were discussing uh, of bullying or, uh, or hate crimes or about the U.S. Census, and 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 um, how we can engage further of how not just to help the sea community, but when you're helping, um, but but when you're when you're fighting against bullying, it helps anybody who's encountering bullying. When you're fighting against hate crimes, it just doesn't help the sea community. It helps anyone who's a threat. Um, I'm sorry, or who becomes under threat simply because of who they are. Mm-hmm or who they profess to be, or they profess to love, and so forth. And um, so that is occurring uh, the week of July the 10th in Washington, D.C., and we would uh, encourage uh, the, uh, in all of your listeners and um, patrons to, to please uh, engage with us and, and work with us, because it's, uh, in fact, the organization United Seeks, even though it has the word Seek in it, it uh, many members are non-Seeks because they've seen the work that we do all across the world. And whether it be Haiti or whether it be during Hurricane Sandy or whether it be the tornadoes in uh, Moore, Oklahoma, or whether it be the earthquake in Nepal, or whether it be the landslides and the immense flooding going on in Peru or the uh, food bank in Kenya, you know, the majority of people that are impacted by these disasters are not Sikhs. In fact, I would say maybe next to none are, but it is humanity. It is our fellow brother and sister mm-hmm. who is impacted. So again, if uh, you know, we can't choose to stay silent if we see someone who's suffering. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I would like to uh, just share a small story. Uh, a langar was originated by Guru Nanak Sahib when uh, the first guru, when his father actually gave him uh, twenty rupees. But you know, five hundred years ago, twenty rupees was That's a lot of, of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of money because right. he was given that money to start a business. Mm. You know, so his, uh, his father says, hey, I want you to go start a business here, some money, go to the city. Uh, he goes, and, and he's traveling, and he sees um, uh, villages that are just uh, just uh, under terrible uh, conditions of drought. The animals are passing away, the crop is drying up. So he decides to go to the market and purchase food, sustenance, grains, and so forth to provide for thousands of, the, to provide for the thousands of residents of the village, of the villages he has encountered, to pro- and, and they literally, for five, for five to six months, are able to survive because of what he has purchased and what he has provided. Huh. So when he goes back home, his dad's like, well, you know, uh, so what business did you start? He says, well, I, I started the true business, you know, um, the work of God. And his dad's like, that's not what I gave you the money for. <laughs> so he got, uh, you know, he was he was scolded and so forth. But from literally, I can tell you guys, uh, Dennis Afil, that from those 20 rupees, 500 years ago, we have programs, beautiful programs like the Lunger programs at the world, the Parliament of World Religions. Mm-hmm. It is because of those 20 rupees that are still ongoing today uh, to provide nourishment and sustenance for thousands and thousands of people the world over. Great. Well, thank you, Gurvinder. And um, 
we appreciate your coming on. We want to uh, send people uh, your your website will be listed um, on ours when we post this, and people can learn more about uh, Sikhism and the events coming up and the uh, campaign you're you're doing with the uh, Census Bureau to establish Sikhs as a as a recognized minority group. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, so thank you very much for coming on and and enlightening us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we. We really appreciate we really appreciate your time. We really appreciate your insight, and we appreciate the opportunity. Uh, um, God bless you guys, and and keep keep doing the great work you're doing. Great, we look Thank forward you. to having you on again. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, yes, sir. Thank you, guys.